Chapter Fifteen of The Mysteries of Paris, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ernst Batinama. Chapter Fifteen The Vault. Stunned by his horrible fall, Rodolphe lay senseless and motionless at the bottom of the stairs down which he had been hurled. The schoolmaster, dragging him to the entrance of a second and still deeper cavern, thrust him into its hideous recesses, and, closing and securely bolting a massy iron-shot door, returned to his worthy confederate, the Chouette, who was waiting to join him in the proposed strawberry, it might be murder, in the Allée des Veuves. About the end of an hour, Rodolphe began, though slowly, to resume his consciousness. He found himself extended on the ground, in the midst of thick darkness. He extended his hand and touched the stone stairs descending to the vault. A sensation of extreme cold about his feet induced him to endeavour, by feeling the ground, to ascertain the course. His fingers dabbled in a pool of water. With a violent effort he contrived to seat himself on the lower step of the staircase. The giddiness, arising from his fall, subsided by degrees, and as he became able to extend his limbs, he found, to his great joy, that, though severely shaken and contused, no bones were broken. He listened. The only sound that reached his ear was a low, dull pattering but continued noise of which he was then far from divining the cause as his senses became more clear so did the circumstances to which he had been the unfortunate victim return to his imagination and just as he had recalled each particular and was deeply considering the possible result of the whole he became aware that his feet were wholly submerged in water it had indeed risen above his ankle. In the midst of the heavy gloom and deep silence which surrounded him, he heard still the same dull, trickling sound he had observed before, and now the matter was clear to him. Now, indeed, he comprehended all the horrors of his situation. The cave was filling with water, arising from the fearful and formidable overflowing of the Seine, the dungeon in which he had been thrown was doubtless beneath the level of the river, and was chosen by his jailers for that purpose, as offering a slow though certain means of destruction. The conviction of his danger recalled Rodolphe entirely to himself. Quick as lightning he made his way up the damp slippery stairs. Arrived at the top, he came in contact with the thick door. He tried in vain to open it. Its massy hinges resisted his most vigorous efforts to force them. At this moment of despair and danger, his first thought was for Murphy. "'If he be not on his guard, those monsters will murder him,' cried he. "'It will be I who shall have caused his death. My good, my faithful Murphy!' This cruel thought nerved the arm of Rodolphe with fresh vigour, and again he bent his most powerful energy to endeavour to force the ponderous door. Alas! 
the thickly plated iron with which it was covered mocked his utmost efforts and sore weary and exhausted he was compelled to relinquish the fruitless task again he descended into the cave in hopes of obtaining something which might serve as a lever to force the hinges or wrench the fastenings groping against the slimy walls he felt himself continually treading on some sort of round elastic bodies which appeared to slip from under his feet and to scramble for safety past him they were rats driven by the fast-rising water from their retreats groping about the place on all fours with the water half-way up his leg rodolphe felt in all directions for the weapon he so much desired to find nothing but the damp walls met his touch however and in utter despair he resumed his position at the top of the steps of the thirteen stairs which composed the flight three were already under water thirteen had ever been rodolphe's unlucky number there are moments when the strongest minds are under the influence of superstitious ideas and at this juncture rodolphe viewed the fatal amount of stairs as an ill augury again the possible fate of murphy recurred to him and as if inspired by a fresh hope he eagerly felt around the door to discover some slight chink or opening by which his cries for help might be heard in vain the dampness of the soil had swollen the wood and joined it hermetically to the wet slimy earth rodolphe next tried the powers of his voice and shouted with the fullest expansion of his lungs trusting that his cries for assistance might reach the adjoining cabaret and then tired and exhausted sat down to listen nothing was to be heard no sound disturbed the deep silence which reigned but the drop 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 the dull trickling monotonous bubbling of the fast increasing waters his last hope extinguished rodolphe seated himself in gloomy despair and leaning his back against the door bewailed the perilous situation of his faithful friend perhaps at that very moment struggling beneath the assassin's knife bitterly did he then regret his rash and venturesome projects however good and generous the motives by which he had been instigated and severely did he reproach himself for having taken advantage of the devotion of murphy who rich honoured and esteemed by all who knew him had quitted a beloved wife and child to assist rodolphe in the bold undertaking he had imposed on himself during these sorrowful reflections the water was still rising rapidly and five steps only now remained dry rodolphe now found himself compelled to assume a standing position though in so doing his forehead was brought in close contact with the very top of the vault he calculated the probable duration of his mortal agony of the period which must elapse ere this slow inch-like death would put a period to his misery he bethought him of the pistol he carried with him and at the risk of injuring himself in the attempt he determined to fire it off against the door so as to disturb some of the fastenings by the concussion but here again a disappointment awaited him 
the pistol was nowhere to be found and he could but conclude it had fallen from his pocket during his struggle with the schoolmaster but for his deep concern on murphy's account rodolphe would have met his death unmoved his conscience acquitted him of all intentional offence nay it solaced him with the recollection of good actually performed and much more meditated to the decrees of an all-wise and inscrutable providence he resigned himself and humbly accepted his present punishment as the just reward for a criminal action as yet unexpiated a fresh trial of his fortitude awaited him the rats still pursued by the fast-gathering waters finding no other means of escape sought refuge from one step to another ascending as fast as the rising flood rendered their position untenable unable to scale the perpendicular walls or doors they availed themselves of the vestments of rodolphe whose horror and disgust rose to an indescribable decree as he felt their cold clammy paws and wet hairy bodies crawling or clinging to him in his attempts to repulse them their sharp cold bite inflicted on him a most acute agony while his face and hands streamed with blood from the multitude of wounds received again he called for help shouted aloud and almost screamed in his pain and wretchedness alas the dull echo of the vault and the gurgling waters alone replied a few short moments and he would be bereft even of the power of calling upon god or man to help him the rapidly rising flood had now reached his very throat and ere long would have ascended to his lips the choked air began too to fail in the narrow space now left it and the first symptoms of asphyxia began to oppress rodolphe the arteries of his temples beat violently his head became giddy and the faint sickness of death seemed to make his chest heave convulsively already were the waters gurgling in his ears a dizziness of sight and a confusion of ideas had well-nigh deprived him of all powers of sight or sound the last glimmer of reason was well-nigh shaken from her throne when hasty steps and the sound of voices on the other side of the door were heard hope recalled his expiring strength and making one powerful effort rodolphe was able to distinguish the following words after which all consciousness forsook him did i not tell you so there you see there is no one here deuce take it no more there is replied the voice of the chourineur in a tone of vexation and disappointment and the sounds died away rodolphe utterly exhausted and no longer power to sustain himself his limbs sunk from under him and he slid unresistingly down the stone steps all at once the door of the vault was abruptly opened from the other side and the swelling masses contained in the inner vault glad to find a further outlet rushed onwards as though bursting through the gates of a sluice and the chourineur whose opportune return shall be accounted for by and by seized the two arms of rodolphe who half dead had mechanically clung to the threshold of the door and bore him from the black and rushing waters which had nigh proved his grave End of chapter fifteen